Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Well, today I want to preach a message to you that I've entitled at 38,000 feet. Um, Simply this, more of you, more of you. You, if you're taking notes, would you just take those out and maybe on the back of your brave guide when you came in, would you write some notes? Because I want to give you some things because um, as I was flying on this plane and I was thinking about Miami and I was thinking about our lives because we, you know, we live in Miami with you and we're all doing life together in Miami. And um, have you ever noticed that it feels like that there is this battle that is constantly raging inside of you? Like there is your spirit and then there is the flesh. Like the, the flesh are, are the things that you want to do um, because your flesh just naturally goes that way. But then there's the things of God. There's the, the purpose of God. And, and you'll hear and you'll feel God saying, you know what? This is a bad mistake. This is a bad choice. You probably shouldn't do that. And how many of you know that there is a battle that is waging a war inside of us? Anyone ever felt that before? I mean, am I the only one here today? I mean, and, and, and what, what happens is what you feed grows and what you starve dies. And so if you feed your spirit, if you feed the God purpose, your God purpose will win the victory. But if you have been feeding your flesh and you've been feeding feeding your your sinful desires, those things will begin to win and those things will begin to take over your life. And so there's this constant battle that's going on. And and, and I was on the plane and I was, I had this thought and I began to pray, God, what is the, what is the antidote? What is the, what is the secret to the victory? What is the secret for our church, brave church in Miami that, that people can live every single day of their life in victory and not defeat? How many of you like to win? How many of you like to win in life? Nobody likes to lose in life. But many times, like, we are suffering at the effects of our decisions and the consequences of the choices that we've made. And so you may hear the word of God preached, but some of you, honestly, you've come in today and you hear this. You hear that God loves you, that he's got purpose, but you don't feel it. So God, what is the the, the solution to that? What is it that we can do to push through our feelings and to really get victory in our life, to really align our life with your purpose? And I really felt God just impressed in my heart. Um, I I wouldn't even say that God spoke to me and I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, I just felt this phrase just resonating in my heart over and over and over again. And it was simply this phrase, the antidote, the way that you win, David, is that you've got to have more of me. More of God, more of Jesus in your life, that if you can get more of Jesus, and I've come here to preach to you today to say, if you can get more of Jesus in your life, brave church, listen, if you can get more of God in your life, just more of God, come on, someone say more. If you can get more of God in your life, here's what I'm here to tell you. You can win every single time. You can win in this life. You can win over that adversity. You can overcome that situation. There's no problem that is too big for you. If you can just learn to tap into more. Somebody shout more. You see, here's what I know. If you can get more of God in your life, you can get more perspective. And the reality is we need more perspective because perspective is, is how you look at your life because perspective is how some people will face a tough time and it just devastates them. 
But then you have someone else that they go through the same exact thing and they just feel like, man, this is a great opportunity for God to show up. This is a God opportunity. This isn't a problem. This is a God opportunity. This is a great opportunity for me to see how faithful my God is. To see how good my God is. To see that my God will never fail me. He'll never leave me. The question is, what is your perspective? How are you looking at your problem? And and perspective is, is incredibly powerful because the more perspective you have, the closer you can get to your purpose. But you can only get to your purpose if you have focus. And the way you have focus is through you having more of God. More of God equals greater perspective. Greater perspective equals I'm leaning into my purpose. My purpose is determined by how focused I can be in my walk with God and the things that really matter. And so more of God is so powerful in our life. You see, here's what I know. Jesus gives purpose. So more of God, more of purpose. More of Jesus, more of peace. How many of you know that we live in a crazy world right now? Uh, How many of you know, like some of you, your families are crazy right now? Some of you, your kids are crazy. Some of you, the person you are sitting next to is crazy. Come on, look at the person next to you and say, you crazy. (laughs) What's funny is some of you just look to the person that you don't know and you look to the person you do know. Come on, turn to the person that you sat next to, you were seated next to that you don't know and say, you're crazy too. Come on, tell them. Just look at them, tell them, you're crazy. (laughs) You see, Jesus gives us peace in a crazy world. This is why that so much of the time I check out, like if people like will send me Facebook messages, don't send me a Facebook message because I'll never read it. I, I don't get, because I just check out on on social media sometimes because have you noticed like the world loves to focus on the crazy like the celebrity that makes the news is the one who's being the most crazy the the politician who's in the news is the one who's the most crazy like the the things that have you ever noticed like the news whether it's cnn whether it's fox whether it's msnbc it doesn't matter that the news only reports on negative things that's happening in our world Like, like give me the news channel that's like hey There's a church in Miami, there's a church in Chicago, there's a church in New York that they are feeding homeless people, they're doing a love week, they're doing this. Show me like stories where people are bridging the racial divide. We live in a crazy world where there are all the problems. But the reality is, is that we live in a crazy world where there's crazy things happening. But when you have more of Jesus, you have more peace. You have a peace that passeth all understanding. You have more joy. When you have more Jesus, Jesus brings joy to the brokenhearted. He brings healing to those who are broken. He brings peace in the middle of the storm. When you have more Jesus, you have more of the things that God can offer us. But, but how do we get more of Jesus? I, I think I found it for you. I really want to try to teach this to you today. And it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. If you're not familiar with the Bible, it's divided into two, two segments. The Old Testament, the New Testament. And the New Testament, the first four books of that Bible of the New Testament are the Gospels, which means they talk about the life of Jesus. So if you're here and you're new to faith and you just want to find out more about Jesus, you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is the first book, Matthew. And here's what it says. Jesus is talking to his disciples and says, if anyone wants to be my follower, somebody say follower. Follower. In other words, 
if you're here today and you want to be a follower of Jesus, now, if you don't want to be a follower of Jesus and just see what's happening, even listen to this, you, you can just like check out, um, check your social media account and just see what's happening in the world. But if you're here and you want to be a follower of Jesus, scripture says that, that there is a key to being a follower of Jesus, not a fan of Jesus. Cause how many of you know Jesus has enough fans? He doesn't need any more fans. But he said, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you have to do more than even come to church. Because some people think, well, I came to church today. Well, I guess I'm a follower of Jesus. You're not a follower of Jesus just because you came to church. It's the same thing. Just because you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's does not make you a French fry. Come on, somebody. Some people are like, well, I came to church. I'm good with God for a week. I got my hit for the next six days. No, that doesn't mean you're a follower of Jesus. He says, if you want to be my follower, if you want your life to make a difference, if you want to leave an impact in your world, if you want your family to be changed forever, here's how you do it. Come on, are you with me, 12 o'clock? He says, you must give up your own way. Man, we don't like that, do we? Take up your cross. And if you're going to be a follower, then you have to follow me. He goes on to say this in verse 25. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? I love how Jesus says this. He says, is anything worth your soul? Is your career really worth you turning your back on God? Are your university studies, oh, I know you're busy, I know you got exams. What he's saying is this, is that worth more than your soul? Is climbing the corporate ladder worth more than your soul? Is chasing after all of the things in the world, is that really more important than your soul that's eternal, that's going to live forever? Jesus says this, he says, if you want to gain the whole world, then you've got to be willing to lose yourself. But you only lose yourself when you begin to find yourself in Christ. When you say, Jesus, I want more of you and less of me. I want to follow you. And so I'm going to follow you. How? He lo- I love this. He says this. You follow me by, verse number 25, stop trying to hang on to your life. But give up everything for my sake. You see, here's the thing. Here's what Jesus is basically saying. He's saying, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you have to understand that this is not a democracy. You don't get a vote. Many times Christians will say, well, I want to follow Jesus, but I want Jesus to do what I want to do. I want Jesus to be okay with me. And Jesus says, I'm, listen, I'm God. You're not. I'm not going to follow you. You're called to follow me. I'm the one in the captain's chair. I'm the one in the driver's seat. You don't get a vote in this thing. I'm not going to follow you. But if you want to follow Jesus, if you want more of God, he says, then you've got to learn to follow me. But here's the problem. Here's the problem with this. And you might want to write this down in your notes. You see, if you're going to follow Jesus, that means that there are some things that are going to have to change in our life. There's some things that are going to have to change in our life. And you cannot keep being the old you and follow Jesus. So what do we do? How do we, how do we navigate this? Let, let me give you some notes. Write this down in your notes if you're taking them. You see, you have to understand if you give up everything for Jesus, you get Jesus and everything else. If you give up everything for Jesus, 
you get Jesus and everything else. I'm going to say that again until the 12 o'clock gets it. Jesus says, if you want to be a follower of me, I don't care what your social media profile says. I, I don't care that you put, I don't care that you life. I don't care that you even put a Bible verse in your profile. I don't care that you're wearing a cross necklace today. I don't care if you grew up in church, your mama was in church, your abuela was in church. Jesus says, none of that impresses me. Jesus says, if you want to be a follower of me, there are some things in your life that need to change. And the biggest thing that needs to change is is that there are some things that you hold on to. You and I, we, we hold on to that we want God to take what we want to give him, but we are not willing to give him what he's asking for. And that's what we do many times is many of us are like, well, God, I came to church. God, I did this. And we give God like all of these things that we're doing. And God's like, I never asked for that. That's not the thing I'm asking from you right now. I'm not just saying, did you just come to church? I'm saying, are you willing to die to yourself so that something can live inside of you? Are you willing to let something in your flesh die so something in your spirit can live? Are you willing to let some of your habits die? Some of your routines die? Some of your mentality to die? Are you willing to kill some things inside of you so that something can live inside of you so he says he says this um, so I want you to give some stuff up but what's crazy is that if you give something up for Jesus you get Jesus and then everything else so it's kind of like this. Sometimes we, we, we think and um, we think if we follow Jesus, we actually lose something. I, I used to think that. I don't know about you, but I used to think, man, if I, lose, if I follow Jesus, that means I'm going to lose a bunch of things. I'm going to lose my friends. I'm going to lose this. And man, like they're asking me to give and, and, and to tithe. That's a 10%. And, and then I realized it's like I'm not losing my money. Now I have the wisdom of God and the blessing of God on my money to produce wealth because Jesus actually said, and God says in his word, that if you will honor God with your tithe, you will honor God with your resources to expand his kingdom he says this i will actually give you the power to produce wealth so some people have a problem when churches talk about money not realizing that the fact is is that god owns the cattle on a thousand hills but he wants your obedience he wants to bless you but he produces power to build wealth which means this i've seen business people god blesses their life like crazy in their businesses because he gives them the power to build wealth or they say god I'm not going to let money hold me. I'm going to give everything to you. You see, it's kind of like this in the Bible. It's crazy. Jesus was, was teaching this scripture. And all of a sudden, this rich young ruler came to Jesus. And this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And he sees all the things the disciples are doing. He sees the miraculous power, the healings of God. And he sees all of these crazy, awesome things that are taking place. And Jesus is like, you want to follow me? He's like, yeah, I want to be a part of your crew. I want to be a part of your posse. I want to be in your tribe. And Jesus is like, okay, sell everything you have. Because Jesus knew he was rich. Sell everything you have and come and follow me. Now, here's what's crazy. I don't really think Jesus wanted him to sell everything he had. I don't think that Jesus would have said, okay, now that you've sold everything, let's give it to the church, let's give it to the poor. I really think what Jesus was saying is, I want to see what you're willing to say yes to and what you're willing to say no to. 
you say you want to follow me, but are there these roadblocks? Are there these walls that are keeping you from really following? What's crazy is scripture says that this rich young ruler turned around and it says he walked away with his head held low in shame. He chose things over Jesus. You know what's crazy? We never know his name. But the other disciples in scripture, Jesus calls them, one of them was a doctor. Doctors make pretty good money, right? Yeah. One of them was a businessman. Another one, he owned a fleet of ships and was a fisherman. These guys were guys that had money. They had things, but they said, Jesus, we're willing to give everything up to follow you. And Jesus said, well, guess what? We're going to change the world out of your obedience. But guess what? I don't want your business. I just wanted to see if your heart was willing to give it up. I just wanted to see you may have a business, but does your business have you? You may have school, but does your school have you? You may have a nice boat. That's good. But does your boat have you? I just want to know, are you willing to go all in if it's required? And the reality is many of us live a frustrated spirituality and we get frustrated when you hear a pastor or preacher talk about, man, just going all in with God because we think, well, man, it it doesn't even really require that. Man, why do they do that? It doesn't require that. That's so extra. Man, pastor, why do you got to be so extra? Why don't you just preach something like this nice? Why do you got to be so extra all the time? Extra, extra, extra. And the reason why we live frustrated the reason why we, we don't see the power and the miracles of God like you may see on someone else is because we have been holding on to things. So we can get around Jesus like this young ruler. He was around Jesus and what he was saying is, I want the power that you guys have. And Jesus is like, man, these guys are nothing special. Peter is crazy. Matthew is insane. Like, there's nothing special about these guys. The reason why the disciples were able to turn the world upside down is because they said, everything I have, I'm willing to give to you. But the reality is, Jesus says, I don't even want your stuff. I just want your heart. I don't want your house. I want your heart. I don't want your boat. I want your heart. I don't even want to take your kids from you. I just want your heart. I just want to know, are you willing to go all in for Jesus? It's the only way you get more of him is when you say, everything I am, I give to you. So God, I invite you into my business. I invite you into my cubicle. I invite you into my home. I know the holidays are coming up. Some of you this Christmas in season, you let your family come into your house and get crazy and throw crazy nightclub-like parties. This is a Christmas where you say, not this year. Because this home is all about Jesus. I've given this home to Jesus. I've given my kids to Jesus. Y'all can bring crazy somewhere else. That's too much for you. That's okay. (laughs) See, if you give everything up for Jesus, you get Jesus and everything else. So, so what you're saying, pastor, so I should make Sundays a priority, even when the dolphins are playing? I told you 12 o'clock, y'all ain't ready for this message today. If you want them to win, yes. Some of y'all don't know, I've prayed. If the 12 o'clock service, I know like a lot of you are at the Dolphins game or sitting up at Flanagan's watching the game instead of church, I pray they lose. 
It's messed up, isn't it? <laughs> but I'll pray they win every time we pack this place out while the Dolphins are playing. Because let me tell you something. I love the Dolphins, but what God is doing in this place at this hour is so much more defining. It's so much more incredible. It's so much more powerful. You don't even like the last quarterback we had, but in this moment, God can set some people free. God Come on, are you willing to preach back with me 12 o'clock? I'm here to tell you today. I mean, there is nothing, 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 nothing in this city that will get in between me and hearing a message and a word from God where I can get in an environment for God to change my life. Even when we go on vacation, man, our family, we're in church. I don't say you have to do that, but that's just for me. Because here, here's this thing. I, I, let me go back to the beginning of this message. And excuse me for just kind of going off the cuff here. I'm, just gonna, I'm not even in my notes. I don't even know what's going on. But let me just kind of work with it for a minute. There is a flesh inside your pastor. And some of you came from other churches where, like, the pastor presented himself like he was perfect. And everyone was on a pedestal. And they kissed his ring when they came to church. And we're just not that way, right? You know what I mean? I'm just going to be real with you. There is flesh inside of me that if I don't put God as a priority in six months, I will not be your pastor. Come on, can we be real? Because some of y'all are so tired of fake church anyways for so long. Like, that is why this environment, you're like, well, you're here because you're the pastor. No, 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 I can get guest speakers 30 weeks a year to come preach to you. This is my church too. Like, this is the church I go to. If I'm not here, if I'm not in the house of God, guess what? The flesh, David Stalker, begins to, to grow a little bit more. But when I'm in an environment like this, and I'm preaching to you, and you're preaching back to me, all of a sudden, the spirit man, the purpose man, the power man, the presence of God man, begins to grow. And all of a sudden, by the 12 o'clock service, I'm walking around my family. I'm walking around my city thinking, man, there is nothing that is impossible for my God. There is no way I'm going back to the way I used. Oh, somebody needs to give God a shout of praise because I've come. I've come too far to go back. I've come too far. I've seen too much. So that's why Jesus understood I'm not afraid to ask you to give everything up to follow me. Because some of you have been living frustrated spirituality and you've been a churchgoer, but you haven't seen and felt the power of God in your life. It's become, we, we become churchy, but we haven't been filled with his presence and his power. And when you step over that line and say, no more looking back to the world, no more thinking that my friends in the nightclubs are living it up and they're doing it better than me. Are you kidding me? I'm a person with purpose, destiny, power authority I'm going somewhere oh I'm not missing anything 
That's why we turn the music up at Brave Church. It's so loud. That's a religious spirit. I would rather our young adults and our teenagers bump it in here than at the nightclubs. We're not going to tolerate a religious spirit. We're not going to listen to it. Why is he preaching so loud? Why is he so passionate? I don't like this. It's a religious spirit because you don't know what I've come through from and you don't know where I'm going. I am here to say that God is building a church that is filled with passionate people. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's funny. When we're in the world, we don't care how loud the music is. It's funny. We come to church. Oh, the music's too loud. You didn't care about the smoke and the fog when you were over there at Story. Some of you are teenagers and young adults. You complain, you go behind corn, complain, well, why is it going to be so loud? And you're believing God to save your kids from a nightclub, but you're over here complaining about the church. It's a religious spirit. And in Miami, there is a religious church. When we're packed at the scene, we're going to live like the world and post crazy selfies, but then we're going to judge the church. When we're packed at the seams, winning people for the kingdom of God, it's a religious spirit. I won't cater to it. We're not going to try to pacify it, but we're going to come against it with power and authority in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Come on, you still love me? alright here's what I'm saying Jesus says if you give up your life for my sake you'll find it but if you try to hold on to your life and that's what some of us are doing you're trying to hold on you're, you're too afraid just to trust God just to go all in with God I'm too afraid oh, what's it going to look like what's it going to greater than anything you ever dreamt of or imagined he says, if you try to hold on to your life, it's like holding on to a, a strand of spaghetti. Come on, have you ever tried to hold on to spaghetti? It's like you're holding it. It's like you're squeezing it. It's breaking apart. That's exactly what some of us have done with our lives. You're trying to hold on to, you're trying to control, you're trying to control a relationship, your destiny, your kids and everything. And God says, you're just destroying everything. But if you're willing to let it go, I guess what I'm trying to say today, if you're taking notes, write this down. When Jesus is saying, go all in with me, give me everything, what he's saying is this, casual Christianity will always lead in catastrophic catastrophe. Can I tell y'all, casual Christianity doesn't work anymore. America of casual Christianity is gone. Well, I'm just going to come to church once a month. You'll live a frustrated spiritual life. Oh, I mean, giving is so extra. Coming to church, serving. I'll serve when I feel like it. No, you got to fight against that thing. Casual Christianity will always end in catastrophic catastrophe. I've seen people, and and listen, here's here's why we preach the way we do, and we, we do church the way we do. Because I believe that God wants to ignite a fire in our hearts. Because just coming in and just, I'm just doing church. I'm just going to do the church thing. In six months, if that's your mentality, you won't be here with us. I've seen too many marriages destroyed. They just think, hey, casual Christianity. Hey, I'll just, man, I'll fit Jesus into my schedule when it works. And marriages get destroyed. 
Your kids make decisions and go insane and you don't, you don't have the strength to pull the things back together again and the business fails and flops and you don't understand why and what's going on because casual Christianity always leads to casualty of homes and families and marriages. That's why the only thing that works today is to go all in with God. The whole white picket fence, American, two and a half kids, two dogs, two cars, and we're a Christian family. It's a fairy tale. The way you get to your destination is that you say, God, I'm going to go all in with you. I need more of you in my family. I need more of you in my mind. I need more of you in my business. I need more of you in my job. I need more of you just to help me with my priorities. I need more with you, God, because I've got to break out of these addictions. I need more of you because I'm tired of not feeling joy. I didn't say happiness. I'm talking about joy. I'm tired of feeling depressed. I'm tired of feeling defeated. So God, I need more of you. And so God, I'm willing to give up anything to cross that line. I'm willing to go all in. God, whatever you're asking me to give to you, I'm willing to give it to you. One of us here today, God is asking you, what are you willing to kill in your heart so that you can really live? Some of us, it's just self-reliance. Some of us, we just think, man, I'm independent. I really don't need God. I, I really don't need this. Like God is, is a great add-on, but really uh, I'm doing pretty good. And some of us, it's pride. Some of us even here that we even have like a religious pride that we think, man, I'm doing good. I mean, everything's peaceful in my family. What, what, what if, what if God has more for you? You see, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is what part of you needs to die in order for more of Jesus to live? What part of you needs to die in order for more of Jesus to live? Because the reality is this, more of Him, more of Jesus does mean less of you. But less of you does not mean less of everything. So what do we do? Ephesians chapter 5, I love this verse. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says this, imitate God. In other words, copy God. Imitate God. Try to be like Him as much as you can. Whatever God does, you do. Wherever God is, you go. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are His children. So live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ. He loved us. And He offered Himself as a sacrifice for us. A pleasing aroma to God. I love this. Watch this. Look, look. He says, imitate God. In everything, somebody say everything. But I love how this verse ends. He offered himself as a sacrifice. Something had to die in order for us to live. You see, God understood that what you're willing to sacrifice for God will always represent and always produce miraculous life in your heart it will always produce supernatural in your life so whenever we are not willing to sacrifice things in our flesh and 
in old ways, in old habits, and we hold those, and we don't sacrifice them, we don't kill them. That's why scripture says if you hold on to your life, you lose it. But God understood, all I need is one sacrifice of one man named Jesus, and one sacrifice on the death of the cross, on the cross of Jesus Christ. It just takes one death to provide life for millions and millions and millions and millions and millions. That God is saying just... So what is it you're holding on to today? That God is saying, just sacrifice it. Trust me. Try me. And watch me do something in your life so powerful that you never dreamt of before. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today? going into the last part of this year two and a half more months of this year man I want you to finish strong Brave Church at the beginning of the year we gave you this challenge that let this year be the year that you go all in with God and some of us maybe now we're in October like well man I really didn't keep that challenge listen it's not how you start it's how you finish and I just want to help encourage somebody today maybe you've been holding back on God you haven't just gone all in with God and Maybe you've been just kicking the, the wheels of faith. Just, man, is God for me? Is this Jesus thing? This Christianity for me? And my prayer today is that God would convince you with his love that he loves you, that, that he's just, he's compelling you today to go all in with him. Come on, you've tried you for so long. Why not give Jesus a chance? And you're here this afternoon and say, I need more of God in my job. I need more of God in my business. Pastor, I need more of God in my family, in my mind, in my hopes, in my kids, in my marriage. And you say, today, Pastor, I want more of God. Today, I want to surrender some things to God so I can fully live in my purpose. If that's you in this room, I want to ask you to do something. On the count of three, if you say, I'm here, I want more of God in my life, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. Come on, would you stand with me? Say, Pastor, today I want more of God. All across this room, as you're standing to your feet, would you do something? Would you, would you close your eyes? And I want to pray a prayer for you today. Because here's what I know. Even as we're standing, and some of us are contemplating what we're going to do with this moment, there is a, a battle that is going on. Especially, watch this. Especially if we have believed the lie of the enemy that if you go all in with God, you've got more to lose than you have to gain. But let me tell you something. All of heaven is on the other side of this prayer. All of heaven and its resources and the power and the presence of God is on the other end of an individual saying, God, I just want to go all in with you. I don't want to hold anything back. God, you have full access to my heart. So as you're standing there right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me today. Say, Jesus, today I give you all of me. Today I say yes to you. I pray that you would search my heart. What is it, God, that you're wanting me to surrender to you? Today I say yes, you can have it. You can have it. Today I make you a priority. Today I make you the center of my life. Today is a declaration that I will be a person who lives with the, the passion to have more of God in my life. 
Now right there where you're standing, here's what I want you to do. I really want you to get in your heart, in your mind, what it is that God is saying, that's the thing that I want you to surrender to me. Come on, God is speaking in this room. He's showing you right now in this room, He's showing you what that thing is. Come on, even in this moment, here we go. God, I give it to you. I give it to you. Come on, tell Him, God, I give it to you. And I surrender it to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God. Come on, let's give God this loudest shout of praise. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.